0: Amen. How are you guys doing? Good. Amen. Good. Me too. We're watching True this weekend. Grandparents. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> he so good. Yeah, he said so good by Mimi. He calls us, they, our grandkids call us Mimi and Pops. Mimi and Pops. He introduced me the other day. I went into the co op with him and he walked up to somebody working there and said, This is my friend. His name is Pops. (laughs) He said more, too, but I won't get into everything. But uh, all right, everybody watching online, we're so glad you're there. We're, we're, you know, we love you. We believe that the same anointing that's here, you know, working with us today is working in your home. Praise the Lord. Um, You ever been blessed just watching something online? I mean, I have. I've, I've heard of people over the years that have randomly turned TVs on when, back in the days when that's all we had was TVs, and people would be preaching, and they'd get born again. I think it was one one minister got born again when he was in a hotel bathroom, and he heard Billy Graham coming over the TV, and he got born again, of all places. Tell you what, that's that's good, that's... There's a message in there somewhere from going to the throne to the, anyway, but anyway. We, we, we picked this up last week, talking about the name of Jesus, and uh, we're going to continue this week. Um, this isn't a long series, but I just, you know, I had something last week, and I feel like there was some more things we want to visit today. You know, it's just such a, a, a powerful tool that's been put into our hands, into our mouths, to use that name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus spoken, you know, on your lips from your heart, carries tremendous weight in this world. Okay? Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever doubt it. Well, I don't know if I saw Well, I don't know if you saw everything change outwardly in the natural when you spoke it. But I'm telling you what, things began to change. You know how the spirit realm works? It starts in the unseen, and then it works into the seen. It's like the day that, that Jesus was wa- walking with the disciples into to Bethany. I think it was Bethany. And, and uh, he was hungry, and he saw the fig tree in the distance. And he walked up to the tree, and the tree you know, should have been bearing fruit, and it wasn't. Do you remember that story? It's in Mark Mark 11. And he, he cursed the tree, you know, and, and, you know, disciples heard him. So whatever he did, he spoke it out loud. And then the next day, they, they'd gone to the town and they were going back on the same road. And Peter, Peter saw it and, and he said, look, master, the tree that you cursed, it's dried up from the roots. From the roots. Can you say roots? See, I don't know. Everything about plants and trees there is to know, but I do know that roots go down into the unseen realm, and they they make what's in the in the seen realm you know possible, and and so when you do things and you speak things and you declare things spiritually, things begin in the unseen realm, and then they manifest in the seen realm. Okay, so Jesus, the name above every name. In John 16, I wanted to read this because it's such a tremendous scripture. In verse 23, it talks about the name of Jesus in our prayer life because that's an area that it works. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning, but I don't want to neglect it either. Jesus said this, in that day, you'll ask me nothing, but most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Wow, what a, what a license for prayer. What a license for prayer that we have to go to the Father in that name. It says, until now you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Can I read the, um, the Living Bible? Yes. The Living Bible, it says this, at that time you, you won't need to ask me for anything. See, this, you know before this time, That's all the disciples did. If they had something, they did. Jesus, what do we do? How can we handle this? He says, at this time, you're not going to ask me for anything, but you go directly to the Father and ask him, and he'll give you what you ask for because you use my name. Because you use my name. You haven't tried this before, but begin now. Ask using my name, and you'll receive, and your cup of joy will overflow. How many like that? Cup of joy overflowing? I think that sounds pretty good. More, 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 more. We'll take it till it overflows. All right, we're going to start off. go from there to Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse 15. i pick up right where Dana was... was, uh, leading us this morning, has been in that video. What I want you to see, though, is that the devil is absolutely, positively no match for Jesus. And with that, I'll say that he's no match for you in his name. You know, I can't whoop the devil. I can't do that but I've been given the name that gives me access to all that I all of heaven stands behind that name, and I've been given that name. I've been given that name to use. When someone gives you their name to use, it gives you power. It gives you power. You might say, well, who am I? I say that too sometimes. Who am I? But I have the name of Jesus. I'm a, I'm a child of God, and I've been given the name of Jesus and there's power behind that. There's power behind that. I, 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 I've told this before, but uh, I used to work for Billy Graham. And over the years that I worked there, I did a number of different things. But the very first thing I, well, when I started at the organization, I, 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 was, I ended up being the truck driver in town. And, and uh, I did that for about a year. And, and uh, It was amazing because the places that I went on a regular basis, they knew our truck. They knew it. When I'd pull into the Minneapolis post office, you know, back on the loading dock, I'd hear people say, hey, Billy Graham's here. I mean, I'd look around. I'd go, wow, boss, where are you? You know, (laughs) Billy Graham's here. They meant me. Now, I wasn't Billy Graham, never have been Billy Graham, never will be Billy Graham. but I acted in his name. And to them, it was like he was there. Well, maybe they would have probably rushed him or something. They may wanted to you know, get a picture with him, take a selfie or something like that. I don't know. But, but maybe they didn't even do that back then. But you've been given the name of Jesus. When you pull up, I'm telling you what, the devil goes, oh, no, he's here. He's here. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I'll tell you another one, too. I was living in Haiti back in the early 80s and, and, and through the mid-80s. And, and uh, I, I lived in a, a, a ministry house where we, we taught school, and we lived there, and, and uh, Dane and I both did. And, and uh, we had three witch doctors within a block of our house, okay? And, and, and they're there, there all three different, too. One of them was kind of like the kind you'd see in the movies, you know? It was like, whoa, you know? And he actually got saved. His name was George. And yeah, that was cool. But uh, there, was, there was another one that, that I'm thinking about. He was a rather high, high, um, high class witch doctor. Is that, is that possible? Well, it was. This guy would charge people money for what he'd do. Uh, you know, if he'd speak a whatever, a, do a potion or something like that. He'd, he'd, you know, he's, he's the guy that, that would walk by his house sometimes. He'd be out in his courtyard blowing fire out of his mouth. And, you know, Dana and I were like, huh? oh, that's different, you know? Blowing, blowing fire out of his mouth. What was really interesting is nobody else thought it was anything to it. Oh, it's the witch doctor. But in any case, one time uh, we went into his, his home and, and uh, or we knocked on his gate and they led us into his courtyard. He had this big you know, outdoor cement area before he went into his home. And, and um, they recognized me. I stood out in the neighborhood. And I was the American, you know, and uh, was there with a the team some people from Washington State, and we, we went and we went, sat by a tree because he was busy with a client, I guess you'd call him, that the terminology? And, you know, he was going to get to us in a minute, so he, he eventually came over to where we were sitting, and, you know, he looked rather happy to see us, like here, here they are, those Americans, you know? But someone in the group, we just, just you know, automatically said, Jesus! Isn't that a cool thing to say? You know, you say that name, it does things. You know, that guy changed. Like, it was like he flipped a switch. He just he was, he, he, All of a sudden, he didn't want us there anymore. All of a sudden, he was pointing to the gate. You know, he didn't speak English, but I understood exactly what he wanted. He wanted us to leave because he didn't want whatever he had to be taken from him in that name. I only tell that to say this, that, that the name of Jesus is powerful. It's powerful. You know, sometimes we don't see, you know, you, you get into a third world country where, the, you know, voodoo's the national religion. Spiritual things are very real, you know? And, and, and they're just as real here. Just as real here. Be aware of them. Be well taught that the name belongs to you. So in Ephesians 1, 15, it says, Paul said, Therefore, I also, uh, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for the saints, for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you'd know the hope of What is the hope of his calling? And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness, greatness of his power? Now, my Bible, this New King James Bible says toward us, the footnote in in my study Bible says, the exceeding greatness of his power in us. There's exceeding great power in you, in you in you. Wake up! It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. It says, he goes on, he talks about it. This is what I wanted to point out. There's great power in in Jesus' name. There's great power in in what the Lord did for us. It says that power is in us. And it says it's according to the working of his mighty power, which he, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seating him at at his his right hand in the heavenly places. Now get this, verse 21. It says, far above. Far above. Can you say that? Say far above. above. What's this power? What's it far above? It's far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that's named. Not only in this age, but also that age which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, under his feet. Um, you know what we're called in the Bible, in the New Testament? We're called the body of Christ. You know, most times when God is going to move here on the earth and, and, and do something in someone's life, he works through people. How many have had that happen to you? God's just loved you through people. How many have been the person? Maybe God has used you to love on people, you know. But it's it's expressing what what what's on the inside of us as Christians. But we're called the body of Christ. And and how many got feet today? Has everybody in here got feet? Did you know that your feet are in your body? Do you know that my feet are connected to my body? They're they're uh, it's part of my body. Even my little toe, I have a little toe, two of them, and they're part of my body. And it says here that he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. But we're in that body. We're raised up to this position of authority, spiritually speaking. There's so much power in a born-again believer. You don't ever have to be afraid of the devil. Do you hear me? You never have to be afraid of him. And, 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 and I, I heard my wife preach this once. This was years ago. I remember I was, I was, it was when I worked at Billy Graham's during the day. And we, we were associate pastors in a church, and we eventually were on full-time with that church. But in the beginning days, we, we worked. I worked for Billy Graham, and she worked cutting hair. And she called me up one day, and she, she gave me a, about six points of a message. She just was kind of excited, God had showed her. I said, great, it's Wednesday. I'm going to call the, the senior pastor and see if you can preach it tonight. She goes, Paul, no, no, no. But she did. And one of the things that she said when she preached is that when it comes to God and the devil, some people think it's like this tug of war where, where you know you don't know who's going to get drugged through the mud. But it's not like that. When it comes to God and the devil, I'm telling you what, it's just like snap, snap. The devil is over. His power has, is no match for the power that's on the inside of you. The devil is no match for what Jesus has done for you. Do you hear me? You know, addictions that that, that might try to linger, I'm telling you what, they have to bow in the name of Jesus. Do you hear me? Fear and anxiety, it has to bow at the name of Jesus. Some people have gotten trapped into pornography. I'm telling you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it has to bow it has to bow it can't hang on you, now you've got to you've got to stand up and use that name and you got to hold on you got to walk you know afterwards someone said once it's not how high you jump in church it's how straight you walk when you hit the ground on monday morning and praise lord that's truth in that let me continue in Ephesians chapter 2. You know, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. We, the translators put them in there for easy reference. But in, in the same thought is being carried on as we move into Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, and you, and you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to you. You who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It says, in you, he made alive. When did he make you alive? made you alive the same time he made Jesus alive. Same time Jesus was raised from the dead, he raised you up in the mind of God. You who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, whose spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all had once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were, by nature, the children of wrath. This is Paul telling us how we all used to live. We all used to live that. I don't care how good a person you were. You were, you were in this place. You, were, you had the nature of the devil in you. But then, then you, you said, hey, I want, to, I want to receive what God did in Jesus. I want to see, receive the free gift of salvation. And you say, Jesus, be my Lord. And I'm telling you, oh, you become a new creature right on, at that very moment. You become a new creature. And you're raised up with him. You're given life, just like God gave life to Jesus. It says, but God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you've been saved. In verse 6, I want to read this too. And he raised us up together. Can you say Together. See, more was happening on, on, on that uh, Resurrection Sunday than we've, we've, we've looked at before. We know Jesus was raised up, but in the mind of God, you were raised up with him, made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So as we talk about spiritual warfare, and, and uh, let me make it clear, if you're a Christian, you're in a war, Okay? There's no question about it. There's a war going on. There's attacks that come on. But the warfare that we fight, this is our position that we take. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. This is where I pray from. This is where I endeavor to live from. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. It takes the wind out of the devil's sails when we do life. From this position of being seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Paul. Yeah, that's good. All right. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders. More and more, that's become my favorite verse. Anyway, no. <laughs> Dad jokes, right? Grandpa jokes, yeah. Anyway, yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves. You know, it's a waste of time for you to pray for God to humble you. Do you hear me? It's a waste of time for you to pray, God, humble me. Make me humble. The Bible says you humble yourself. You humble yourself. You put yourself in that position. I don't know where it was said this morning. It might have been in prayer this morning. In fact, I think I heard Laura say it. You know, we purpose to go low so he can take us high. That is a mindset, folks. Purpose to be humble. To be humble. God bless you. Humble. Because he'll raise you up. He'll lift you up. It says, he may exalt you in due time. In due time. That was one of them due time things. Yeah. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood. In the world, there's a lot that could be said here and that I could say, have said before, but it says, be sober and be vigilant. You do have an adversary, folks. It is the devil. And he does walk about like a roaring lion. It doesn't say that the devil is a roaring lion, it said he walks about like one. It says he seeks whom he may devour. You know what that tells me? that he can't just devour anyone. Okay? And I say this, I'm one he's not going to devour. Because if you read on, it says this, it says in verse 9, it says, resist him, steadfast in the faith. Now, who's he talking to when he says resist him? He's talking to us. Who resists the devil in your life? You do. You do. You do. You see, just like I said, it would be wrong to pray, Lord, humble me. Almost sounds dangerous to pray that. (laughs) We humble ourselves. We have not been given the name of Jesus to say, Lord, resist the devil for me. It's something you do. Okay? This goes over big. We're the ones... Who resists the devil in Jesus' name? You hear that? I mean, just because you're a Christian, it does not mean you're exempt from the trials of this life. Okay, I wish I could say that. I wish I could go and wave this magic wand over everybody. That sounds weird, but it ain't gonna happen. We live in this fallen world. We're in a war. We have adversary. It's the devil. And it says this, it gives us this instruction that when it comes to the devil, when it comes to wrong thinking that comes to our mind, you know what? That's the devil. Did you hear me? Wrong thinking. Now, that wrong thinking is different for different people, but it's all negative. It's all from fear-based. You know, some people the devil comes to and says, you're no good. Other people the devil comes to and says, you're everything. Okay? Recognize him. You resist him when the devil comes and, and knocks on your door, the Bible says just plainly this: resist him, resist him and one of the most common most most things I use most often is the name of Jesus. I use the name of Jesus I say in Jesus' name, I resist that. I'll not take that. The Jordan Bible uh It says it this way. It says, sober up now and get with it. That old roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, is stalking about looking for someone to gobble up. Put steel in your faith and stand up to him. And stand up to him. Stand up to him. James 4, James 4 says almost the exact same thing. But I'm going to read it anyway. James 4 is written to Christians. I've said this many times too, that James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament. Pastor James, pastor wrote a book that was very practical. And in this practical book that he wrote to the, the church here, it says uh, in verse, verse six, it says, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Does that sound like Peter? It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The, the Noah Webster Bible, or Bible, Noah Webster Dictionary says the word flee means to run with rapidity, rapide, rapidly, rapidity, is that a word? Anyway, it's in my notes. As from danger, to depart and leave and to hasten away. In other words, when you stand up to the devil, he's going to flee from you. He's going to run from you. He doesn't want believers finding out who they are, finding out that they have the name of Jesus, and that they can actually stand up and say, no, it isn't going to be this way. You know, we, we, I know Dana, when, when our kids were young, she used to tell them this, when, when Strife would try to in, come in, you know, our girls are great. They, they've been best friends their whole life, still are. Uh, but, you know, they're kids. You know, I mean, no kids are kids. And when you're PK's kids, PK or P talks about you, I guess, about the kids or whatever. But anyway, there, sometimes the strife would try to come in between the girls. And Dana would go and, and, and say, you know, open the front door. And she'd say, you know, when we, we let strife in our life, it's like we're opening the door and saying, devil, come on in. But what we're going to say is, no, we're not going to have it here. And then he'd, she'd shut the door and say, should sing that little song, probably, you know, shut the door, keep out the devil, shut the door, keep the devil in his place. You know that one? Anyway, gets over there. It, it does that. It's kind of a Jamaican beat, but anyway. Um, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. New English Bible says, stand up to the devil, and he'll turn and run. Everybody's thinking that song now, right? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the basic Bible says, be ruled by God. But make war on the evil one, and he'll be put to flight before you. See, we've been told what to do, to, to, put, to stand up and to resist the devil. Colossians 2.15. See, sometimes when, if you can just see the position that God has put you in and what he's done to the devil, it helps you stand up and take your place. And resist him with with confidence and with power. Colossians 2.15, it says this. says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is talking about Jesus. It's talking about the resurrection. It says that he rose up from the, day, the dead triumphantly. He disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The J, JWC Wand translation says, he stripped away like a cast off garment every demonic rule and authority and made a public exhibition of them. Isn't that something? He stripped away like a cast-off garment. Every demonic... We're talking about the devil. This is what happened to the devil. He was dethroned. Then in, in the Jordan, he says, having frisked the top brass and the power boys, he made them pr- his prisoners of war and publicly ex- exposed them. He publicly exposed them. Hebrews 2.14 It says, Inasmuch then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, talking about us, he himself likewise shared the same, talking about Jesus, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of of death, talking about the devil, that is the devil. Jesus came. He took on flesh. He took on a human body. And he lived his life here on the earth. He went to the cross. He paid the price for your sin and mine. And he rose up from the dead, stripping and destroying him who had the power of death, that is the devil. This is the gospel, folks. This is what Jesus has done for us. And then he's given us his name to use that name in daily life here on the earth, to use that name in prayer, to use that name as we stand victoriously over all the works of the devil. You know, Christians get attacked by the devil. That doesn't mean they're not a Christian. It doesn't even mean they're not a good Christian. But when the devil comes, I'll tell you what, one thing you need to know is he's got to run from you when you stand up and take your authority. Don't go into this place of putting your tail between your legs if you had a tail, or, or, or having your head hang down low and thinking, oh, woe is me, I'm not just as good as everybody else. That's one of the devil's favorite lines. To tell you you're not as good as everybody else. I'm telling you, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about today As you stand up and say, no, in Jesus' name, go. Those thoughts are not originating from you. They're not coming from God. Those are thoughts of the devil. And that's the kind of stuff you resist. You see, that's the kind of stuff that'll put you in a pit and it'll prevent you from ever standing up in life. Okay? You stand up because of what Jesus did for you. Not because you're somebody, but because He's somebody and He's given you His name. Do you hear me this morning? Do you hear me there online? This is for you too. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. It says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Then the Living Bible says it like this. It says, He's rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. And brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. He took us out of the place of darkness and gloom and brought us into you know, the kingdom of his son. Again, the Jordan, it says, it was the father who sprang us from the jailhouse of darkness and to- turned us loose in the new world of his beloved son. A couple more scriptures I want to give you. Ephesians 4:27. It says this, it says, Not to, n- nor give any place to the devil. Barclay says, give the devil no place or opportunity in your life. Jordan says, don't give in one inch to the devil. Then again, the wand translation is probably my favorite one. It says, this, when you're in a sulky frame of mind, the devil has his greatest opportunities. Don't give in. Don't give in. Let me just say this. I don't say any of this stuff to make you devil conscious. He doesn't need that. You don't need that. I say all this stuff to make you God conscious, to make you freedom conscious. Are you hearing me today? God wants freedom in your life. And, and, you know, all it's saying here is, is don't give in one inch. Don't give one smidge to the devil. Okay. He tries to occupy something in your head. i tell you, I'm not having it. I'm not having, it. I'm standing up saying, no, in Jesus' name. Acts three, sixteen. We read read this story last week how Peter and, and uh, John were, were at the gate walking to they were going to the temple to pray. They came by the gate, beautiful, and the man was crippled there. he's was crippled from birth and had been there, you know, begging alms every day. He looked on them, expecting to receive something. Peter says, uh, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have give I to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man leaped and walked and praised the Lord. And then later when he was, you know, being, uh, <laughs> being he was standing before the authorities, giving an account He said this, Peter said this in Acts 3.16. It says, in his name, through faith in his name, made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Jesus' name has been given to you to use on this earth. Now, although it's been given to you to use in the area of prayer, now listen to this. It's also been given to you in order to command. Did you hear me? When Peter and John had this encounter with this man who had been crippled, I can't even see that they prayed for him in the way that we would think of praying. Okay? They didn't say, oh, Lord, you know, come down now, help this man. What they did is they looked at him. They commanded. They commanded in the name of Jesus. When people need prayer for healing, most times what I'll do is command sickness to go in the name of Jesus, okay? I'm not belittling prayer when I say this. I'm just telling you another way to do it. OK, you've been given the name to use in prayer, but you've been given the name to command in the spirit. OK. Is that all right? You guys got that? It'll help you if you'll get let, let that hit. Let's look at Acts 16. It says, now it happened. This is a story about Paul using the name. It says it happened as as we went into prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us. This girl brought her masters much profit by fort- fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. And Paul, but Paul was greatly annoyed. He was greatly annoyed. Isn't that funny, you know? This, this, this woman, what she was saying was really true. They're servants of the Most High God, and they came to proclaim the way of salvation. But, you know, you don't need the devil being your, your, your promotion, okay? And, and it says that Paul was greatly annoyed. You know, the devil will annoy you. Now, don't go around anybody that annoys you today thinking they're the devil, Okay. praying tongues Okay, Um, this she did many days I'll tell you something else when when, uh, you're wrapped up with the things of the devil someone full of the Holy Ghost will annoy you when I was a teenager and I lived at my parents house I remember we had a guy, his name, his name was Carl, but we all in the family called him Uncle Carl. You know how you have those kind of friends of the family? And if, if I ever saw a guy that reminded me of what I would think Smith Wigglesworth was like, this was Uncle Carl. Uncle Carl made me very nervous when I was a young man. Because, you know, when he'd come to the house, I didn't know what he'd do. I, I, I never knew, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I, I just knew he was just wild, you know, and, and I'd, I'd usually run to my bedroom, and you know what he'd do, he'd follow me right into it, and I'd be like, oh, I'd be in, inwardly, I'd probably be praying, Lord, make this man leave, please, let him go, let him go, let him go, because it just, it, it bothered me. And, and um, I mean, he'd, just, he'd look at the posters on my wall. I had Led Zeppelin up or whoever, you know, and he'd be like, tell me about these, Paul. What are these? Like, oh, man, it just bothered me. It churned me inside. Do you know the night I got born again? And the man, man of God that was the preacher that night, he, he, he uh, saw me come forward along with whatever, a bunch of other 20, 30 other people, he, he saw my Uncle Carl. He doesn't know me. He does, doesn't know who I am. But he saw my Uncle Carl, and he says, Carl. And Carl was already walking towards me. He says, Carl, you pray with this young man? He didn't need to tell Carl that he was going to pray with me. Carl was like a like on a beeline for me, you know. Every preacher that came to town knew my Uncle Carl. Everyone did, from John Osteen to A.A. A. Allen to all these people. They knew Carl because he was one of the heads in the uh, full gospel businessmen. And he'd many of these people just come to his house and have dinner. And they all knew him. He, they knew he was a wild man. But you know, after he prayed for me and I got, I got saved that night, he was like my best friend. It totally changed. I was the annoyance. Here all this time, I thought he was the annoyance. And it was me the whole time. Anyway, thanks for indulging me to tell my Uncle Carl's story. Um, So Paul was greatly annoyed. Not just annoyed, he was greatly annoyed. And get this, this is what I want you to see. He turned and said to the spirit. He didn't say this to the girl. He said this to the spirit. Now notice what he didn't do. He didn't stop right then and pray and ask the Lord to do something about it. Again, I'm not belittling prayer. Certainly not belittling calling on the name of the Lord. What I am telling you is that he's given you his name to do kingdom business. What Paul did do is he turned and he said to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. The name of Jesus is given to you. Stand up to the devil. Okay? This is is the way you do it. You speak right to it and say, I command you to go in Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to, Colossians 3, verse 1. I'll read this. We'll close up with this. What are we talking about today? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. That name has been given to you to use on this earth, to use in your daily life. Okay? Again, again, I, 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 these are things I say all the time. Don't get weird. This stuff is normal. Okay? This stuff is normal. Sometimes I'll go into a room and I, I sense weirdness. And I'll I'll just pray under my breath. I'm always praying under my breath. I'm sitting at home watching TV. I'm praying in tongues. You know? I'm just sitting there praying. Most people never know I'm doing it. But I'm telling you, there's a presence out there. Sometimes I'll walk in a room. I just take authority as I walk in. If I get off a plane, I take authority in the name of Jesus. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1 It says, If you were then raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you'll appear with him in glory. In glory. It's your place. You know, there's no safe place in this world we live. If you're looking for security in this world, you're not going to find it. The place of safety for you and for me is this place we're talking about of being seated with him in heavenly places. Now, I know my body's here on the earth. My body is doing this weekend. He's doing grandpa things, you know, and all that. But I'm talking spiritually, spiritually speaking, I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'm talking authority, I'm seated with heaven, seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'm talking about living my natural life out here on this earth. I'm living it from this place of authority of being seated with Him. Far above all the power of the devil. So what I'm telling you is take your seat in heavenly places and keep it, okay? You can do life sitting down. You can do life sitting down. You can do life seated with Christ in heavenly places. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. However you tuned in today, why don't you subscribe and maybe share with a friend? Yeah, and if you're in the area, we would love to have you join us in person Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. right here in Menominee, Wisconsin. Also, we would be honored if you would consider partnering with us financially to help make this all possible. And you can do that at wearelovechurch.com. These are great days to be alive. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. We love you. See ya.